Um, forewarning, I'm definitely going to need some, you know, just tell the editor, uh, just some, like, some sound effects or something here. I don't know. Uh, but I, I think they could figure it out. <clears throat> in a world where a man in a cardigan loses his house keys, what does he do? Befriend the neighborhood. And that was this week's voiceover class. Wow. Thank you. Oh, new segment. New okay. Segment. All right. You're always keeping us fresh, Sydney. On your toes. <laughs> I you. love it. <laughs> All right. Well, what we watched this week? This week, we tuned into The Outside Story, released this year, 2021, available to stream on Hulu. Starring Brian Tyree Henry, Sonequa Martin-Green, Sunita Mani, Rebecca Naomi Jones, and Olivia Edward. All right, let's start the show. The new Chitlin' Circuit. Welcome back to the new Chitlin' Circuit, the only podcast dedicated to Black indies only. My name is Lex. And I'm Sid. And each week we watch a independent black movie because we love them. Mm, love that. Welcome back, y'all. This week I wanted to have something quippy for y'all, but I just don't. So but don't don't even worry about that though, y'all, because you still the sponsor. So don't even get it twisted. Don't misunderstand me. You are sponsoring this week's 60 Second Challenge, where mm-hmm. Alexis will explain the plot of the outside story in 60 seconds or less but before we do that while i have you go ahead and leave a five-star review and comment on apple podcast and a retweet on twitter all right y'all are you ready to explain the plot of the outside story in 60 seconds or less yes i'm ready all right let's go all right so you got a guy named charles who is a video editor and he edits the memorial montages that TV networks uh, show uh, about mm-hmm. a celebrity that died, except he has to do them preemptively. So he has his <laughs> entire file of ce- just old celebrities or celebrities living risky <laughs> lifestyles like Lindsay Lohan mm-hmm. um, locked and loaded for the day that their number gets called. <laughs> um, that's what he does. His girlfriend cheated on him and they broke up. And it, trying to figure out, trying to finish his one video, he gets locked out of his house and it sends him on an adventure through a neighborhood where he befriends uh, Swedish swingers, an old black lady, a police officer, a child, um, <laughs> and a whole bunch of other people trying to get back in the house and also trying to get over this girlfriend who is frankly a real uh, bitch a Rooney Dooney. So <laughs> that's Charles and that's the outside story. All right. Timer just went off. You made it in the nick of time. Go ahead. Add your day. Hey-o. Right here. Ding. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm feeling good about it. And now that we know what happened in the movie, let's get on into our general thoughts on the outside story. All right, child. Before we get into our general thoughts on the outside story, I wanted to quickly shout out Miss Janiah Black, the filmmaker. And I'm talking about the filmmaker, writer, director, 
editor, producer, authoress uh, of Turn of the Cheek, a film we reviewed a few weeks ago. Uh, she left us some very kind words on Twitter as well as on our Instagram. Uh, Mr. and I just want to say uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we see you in your content and thank you so much for listening to the show and the episode um, looking forward to what you have coming up uh, in the future and for any other filmmakers out there as well as fans of the show always feel free to reach out to us uh, via our email thenewchitlandcircuit at gmail.com or on twitter and facebook alright y'all let's get back to the show so Sydney mm-hmm. what did you think of the outside story I'm glad you asked. Um, I actually really liked this movie. It's It was kind of a little bit similar to a movie we did, um, Welcome Matt with Taj Mori a few weeks ago, but like, except in this film, uh, the lead actor isn't suffering from a mental illness, agoraphobia like Matt was in this film, but he's just like extremely introverted mm-hmm. in this movie and doesn't really get out much and doesn't know his neighbors either yeah. uh which i it's feel the like same thing one of them stuck inside one of them yeah. stuck outside outside exactly <laughs> exactly which i thought was uh, a really cool premise for this film and very timely for the times that we're mm-hmm. in but it also i feel like made me even more like ready to get out of my own house uh now that we're you know getting in a better situation with covid i will not say post-covid because we ain't there yet that's just not the situation we in but mm-hmm. you know times are starting to look more up than they were previously and this movie said you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead get out the house take some more strolls around the neighborhood because i'm guilty too of sitting inside at my work computer for most of the day i have only met like two of my neighbors and i am prone i have locked myself out of my apartment before so for that reason i think it'd be you know wise for me to take some steps and you know get the lay of the land better of my uh neighbors and neighborhood um, which didn't answer the question. I like the movie. That's nope. the, yeah. the overall. <laughs> I was about to say, yeah. so what'd you feel about the movie? I like the movie a lot. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Brian Tyree Henry. I think he's a great actor. Uh, so anything he's in, want to see it. I'm a new fan of Sonequa Martin-Green. Uh, only reason I picked this movie too is because I saw them both, like a trailer a few weeks ago, and I said, oh, we got to put this on the list to review. And once I figured out it was on Hulu, I said, done. I had to text you and let, you know, we had to, we had to do this one. So fan mm-hmm. of the lead actors in this film for sure. So yeah. what did you think of the outside story? Well, I thought the aesthetic of the movie was very pleasant, very mm-hmm. bright and kind of like, uh, Ooh, I hate to, Oh gosh. Warning. I'm going to sound a little bit like a film nigga. I never intend to sound that way. Mm. Um, but I'm going to sound that way right now. Hashtag film Twitter. (laughs) Hashtag film Twitter. I thought the look of the film was like bright and curious, if that makes Mm. sense. Um, Like it was kind of uh, like the, the viewpoint we get of our, of his neighborhood feels like a video game map. Like when you first land Mm. on a level, (laughs) like I'm, I would like to go and see which are people are like non-playable characters and which ones are playable characters and like storylines and side quests. Yeah. Very Grand Theft Auto, except on that game, you want to murk a nigga. Yeah. I was thinking more. Yeah. I was thinking more more just like a general open world Uh, game, but. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, Crash Bandicoot, something like that. Yeah. 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 yeah, Maybe something like that. Um, Not necessarily. Grand Theft Auto. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Okay. Um, so yeah, I thought. Okay, it's it's not a movie I liked a whole lot. 
Mm. It's a movie I thought was fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately I feel like it, it didn't get me anywhere with the characters. I thought the actors did great. I thought the look and feel of it was nice. The soundtrack is good. Um, and the plot is interesting. The action pieces that happen in the plot are interesting, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. they don't, we don't arrive anywhere in my opinion. And I think that's because the character Charles doesn't have like a, there's not a deep belief that he has that gets changed or like a trait in him that needs to shift or change or anything. He just goes through this wild day yeah. and then ends up somewhere at the end of the day. It it didn't really feel like anything about it really shifted him or changed him. Like welcome Matt. He had to address his past trauma to get out mm-hmm. of the house, but yeah. Charles didn't have to do anything internally or philosophically to get in yeah. the house or to move his career forward or to move his relationship forward. There was a small thing about him being a little bit more outgoing, Yeah, but yeah. to do all of this in a movie and the conclusion be, I'll take you out a little bit more, babe. Yeah. <laughs> didn't really feel like it measured up enough for me, but it was fun. I just, I, I'll get into that a little bit later, but that's my general thought. Okay. That was deep. I I apologize for like for sounding like a film nigga. I didn't mean to. No, I'm really not, guys. I'm fun. I'm approachable. People like to be around me at parties. Um, I'm gonna stop you right there because I know you personally. Don't believe a thing. I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Sydney actually doesn't like to be around me at parties. (laughs) We are best friends. We show up. In the beginning of the party, when it's dancing time, you know, we might go out on the floor with our friends, but after a certain point of the party, I want to hold my drink and talk in the kitchen. And yeah. Sydney's never interested in that. <laughs> trying to have so it time. is true. Sydney doesn't want to like doesn't like yeah. to party with me. It's true. <laughs> Get your back up off the wall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, now that everybody knows what we think about the movie. Uh, we're going to get into, we're going to walk through some of these scenes that happen in the outside story. Mm-hmm. Here on the new Chitlin circuit, we like to start with the opening scene. I hear other places, other podcasts, other movie reviewers, and other mm-hmm. people maybe do it different. But here, we start with the first scene. So let's get into that. Numero we uno. get dropped into Charles's, numero uno, exactly. We get mm-hmm. dropped into Charles's apartment right at his little desk workstation where yep. he is editing this montage of a soon-to-be-dead actor, so he thinks. Um, and he's meticulous. You can tell he's a very detail-oriented, you know, meticulous mm-hmm. guy, and he loves his work. Um, his apartment's a mess. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks shut in. Um, yeah. <laughs> And at this point, I was really into it. Um, and it also didn't take long for us to realize that he is having to pack up his ex-girlfriend's stuff because she's moving mm-hmm. out and they broke up. So where were you with it at this point after um, this opening scene? I was in. I liked how they painted the picture of who he was as a person. Like you were saying, like, uh, shout out to the costume design team. It was clear that he probably wears that same cardigan every single day and a little wrinkled t-shirt, um, a pair of jeans and some like funny color socks because um, he just looked like that is what he does every single day. So I said, oh, okay, how are we going to get this man out the house? Because clearly he don't go out for much. So I really wanted to, at this point, figure out how Charles gets stuck outside and how was he going to navigate the outside world because he looks like, he's like a recluse. He does not 
leave and he was there alone so then as I, I realized he was single and we find out why <laughs> so yeah where were you at this opening scene I, I realized that so many movies with characters at this stage of their life where they're at mm-hmm. a either like a stalled point of their career yeah or like a hot junction like a strike while it's hot point of their career but mm-hmm. either way it's it's a high tension part of their career somewhere in your late 20s early 30s around that time Mm -hmm. and the characters in that situation professionally and also just went through a breakup like that's a setup for so many movies like this so I was interested because I've seen this setup a lot a lot of different times and there's so many different places you can take it Mm -hmm. um and i was very surprised to see them take it this way this it was an interesting premise to be locked outside of the house all day like that that's crazy at that point send me back home (laughs) home. (laughs) yeah yeah i think it's interesting because i do like small movies we've talked about this before limiting the scope and like the locations um of a movie and for this movie to take place on one street block in one Mm -hmm. building um, as an indie, I think is impressive because they made that street block, especially true for New York. Yeah. Your, your block is, um, I actually think it was into Saki Shange. Oh my, why am I sounding so pretentious today? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Go ahead. You already dropped the name. So go ahead. What's, what are you referencing? Oh. Infracolored Girls. Oh. There's a poem, there's a choreo poem titled, I lived in Harlem, uh-huh. and my whole universe was six blocks. Stop uh-huh. laughing at me, Sydney. I'm, just <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm so- <laughs> y'all. I don't know why y'all even put up with this. Y'all, it meaning Sydney, and who is listening right now? Because when I, sometimes I turn on my mic mm-hmm. when we record, and I'm being but fun and sometimes i'm being an utter bitch which i'm gonna get to later in this episode wow and then sometimes i'm just like yeah yeah i'm gonna be a little bitchy about story structure later okay Uh, (laughs) and then sometimes i'm just pretentious talking about some i believe it was okay you know what that is wrong with me what's that howard education no don't bring that in (laughs) because everybody's gonna turn off the podcast and be like uh, if it's Mm-mm. one thing I can't stand, mm-hmm. it's them big britches niggas from mm-hmm. from Howard. That's what, that's what they teach y'all uppity negroes up there in DC. That's oh what, God, when I say, <laughs> not an uppity negro. Please don't don't loot me in with them. That's, that's what y'all learn up there. Mm-hmm. Me, on the other hand, nope. I mm-mm. I had a different experience. What school did you go to? Huh? Um, yeah. I went to a lovely university. Uh. Uh, on Georgia Avenue um, in D.C. Yeah, it's smelling very bison from here. So after he (laughs) he gets up from his work desk, he goes out to order delivery food. Like you said, Sydney, it's clear he does this all the time. Like sit there, work all day, and wearing them funky-ass clothes, clothes, and order the same uh, unhealthy food. You know and what he gets you gotta the same do, chart. like on set. That's that. Like my my first thought. I, said, I wonder how many times they like crumpled this uh, cardigan up and said, "Put it on, <laughs> take it off, crumple it up, put it on, take it off." Mm-mm-mm. You still look too clean. Put it on, take it off. Like, Probably put it in the dryer with some rocks. Something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Shout out to the costume designer. He he looked a mess. <laughs> yeah, he looked yeah. very disheveled, toe up. Toe up. Um, and this is where kind of 
the story is meant to be like a one crazy day kind of domino type of thing. And mm-hmm. the first domino that falls is he doesn't tip the delivery driver well. Shout out to the actor who plays the delivery guy. I forget his name Jordan every time. Carlos. Yes. And every time I see him on screen, because he was in Paper Friends. And I go, hey, that guy. I like oh, that he, guy. Oh, he was the restaurant, uh, the waiter in Paper Friends. Yeah. Oh, no, not the waiter. He hit on one of the friends at a bar. And she was yes. like, no, thank you. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And shout out to Sharon Lil. She did that. She did. She did. <laughs> I wish but, I to you, yeah. Miss Lil. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jordan, uh, he was the delivery guy. Mm-hmm. And... Charles under tips him, doesn't tip him at all because mm-hmm. he didn't factor it in, didn't have the cash. And he runs back inside to try and get the tip. And in the hysteria of all that, Anne runs into his judgy upstairs neighbor, Andre. <laughs> Who has no right to judge. We'll get there. At all. <laughs> we will get there. Through all the haze of this, he mm-hmm. forgets his keys inside his apartment, locks himself out. Yeah. Yeah. And at this point, I was feeling for Charles. Um, cause I, too, yep. have been in a place where I have locked myself out of my apartment. Um, not for quite as long. Luckily, uh, my like building management was able to come and like help me out within like 20 minutes. But I was sitting outside like a sad puppy for every single mm-hmm. second of those 20 minutes waiting for somebody to let me back in my apartment. Um, yep. So I, I get the feeling. It's really devastating. Like your heart drops <laughs> when you get locked out. Mm-hmm. Now here's where I get to start being a bitch. Hmm. The start of can him you add being a sound out. effect here? I just I want to I want to do this. Uh, the, Which sound effect do you have in uh, mind? <clears throat> now entering Lex's story corner. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome everybody. <laughs> So the thing about the locked out premise is the first problem is the stakes aren't high enough, really. Mm. He's supposed to kind of be finishing in this video, but I personally didn't feel the stakes of that. I don't know. They didn't name a specific date of when the deadline was. I was going to say, because I didn't know he had a deadline until, you know, we're like 20 minutes in and he goes, I was upstairs working on this thing for work. It's due today. And I go, oh. Yeah. I'm like, you can just walk around until your landlord comes out. So that's true. The stakes weren't really high for him to be locked out of his apartment. So mm-hmm. good enough. Yeah. That's the first issue. So the first domino falling down of him being locked out mm-hmm. already isn't, stakes aren't high enough. And that's okay because we can raise the stakes later. But the problem mm-hmm. is they never got raised. Each new neighbor we were introduced to, each new weird, um, like, each new life we were introduced to Mm -hmm. in this neighborhood, in this building, was just information. And some, in some ways, I could see where the writer was trying to have Charles's character, like, Charles as a character, be moved through interacting with this particular neighbor like when he was talking with Andre and Andre's boyfriend and girlfriend Mm -hmm. (laughs) about jealousy and cheating Uh I can see how that might would but in that scenario it wasn't believable enough yeah because what black man ever and then yeah that's true yeah yeah and then in every other scenario it was but I think that's another round that was another, I guess, just like overall, because this this story obviously could have been written to star any character. It wasn't like race specific. It was very you know? post racial. This Brooklyn neighborhood, very, very post racial. Um, 
But like, st- if you're gonna, I feel like if if the if the main character, this black man in these situations he's gone through, I like myself couldn't see like if, if one of my like neighbors got locked. Well, most of the folks who live in my building are black because I live in a black neighborhood. But anyway, if mm-hmm. he were to get locked out of his home, I don't. I just don't foresee this black man really leaning on his white neighbors like that. Yes, maybe mm-hmm. the nice older black woman across the street that makes sense, but like. At least I know I I would not be trying to go in no white neighbor's uh, apartment trying to, you know, figure some stuff out while I'm locked out. That's just not something I would personally do. There are three things in this movie that let me know that Charles was never designed to be a black character. Brian Mm -hmm. Tyree Henry, actually, um, who is one of my favorite like actors right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love his work. He did great in this role. Yeah. But in a couple of things I've seen him in, he ends up playing a very unraced character a lot of times. Mm-hmm. He was playing in um, what the fuck was that? Ready Player One, or was that one of them other? Ready Player One was the one with uh, Bleep Bleep. Uh, uh, okay, no, you're talking about the one with Melissa similar. McCarthy, where nah. uh, he was her best friend. Oh no, it was similar because it was something like oh no 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 no. It was the Monkey and the Lizard movie. Oh, I didn't watch that. You know, I don't like all of that. I do believe it was the Monkey and the Lizard. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) anyway, he plays like a similar like nerdy character where he's kind of like rambling on and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And he plays that well. Kind of like how uh, Mamadou, uh, (laughs) which actually is going to be next week's movie, um, plays just kind of like a very unracialized character yeah um, yeah unless it's like put up to the front where he was an uncorked it's like it had to yeah. be this black man with his black family in memphis tennessee and you know yeah but every black person's blackness gets yanked up like 10 to 20 percent when you stand next to courtney b vance that's true and niecy nash <laughs> and niecy nash <laughs> <laughs> something like you cannot not like <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody standing next to them looks looks a lot blacker. Not in like complexion, but just no, in, just in energy. Yeah, yeah. The power. Uh, so first off, he goes to scale the fire escape to get from his white neighbor's apartment to his own apartment, and the cop stops him. Now, the cop character in this movie, period, lets me know that the writer is not a black American person. Yep. Um. If that's true it's true they yeah, uh, i didn't look yeah, it up but i just the writer director a uh, same person they are not uh black american shout out to you for this is kind of like the lynn manual issue like mm, <laughs> you you, mm-hmm. you did like a like a blind casting like it really didn't matter the color of the, the actors mm-hmm. but it does matter in context definitely um so when you have a south asian cop sure Mm-hmm. And uh, a big black man scaling a building. <laughs> to me, that tells yeah. me something different. Um, so it's hard for me to stay in the story yeah. when I see a cop say, "At that hey, point, I'm like, oh god, she about to get on the radio and call for backup. Um, yeah. This is yeah. not going to end up well for for brother Charles." Yeah. So that's the second thing is 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 his yeah. relationship with the cop. He ends up spending all day with her and eating sandwiches and shit, which is how you know it's a post racial neighborhood. Because I would never be, I would never like go through my neighborhood, my current neighborhood, walking side by side with a cop eating sandwiches and shit. Because I don't need nobody to think yeah. 
it was really giving like um you know good cop having a bad day there are lots of good cops mm-hmm. just a few bad apples like that kind of propaganda what it's like mm, no yeah. it's, that's not the case um it and, quite fr- it yeah. w- literally would have been a better character if she wasn't a police officer if it was just a nosy neighbor yeah. like or a just nosy like a meter maid character. that would have been funny yeah if she even was a, meter just a meter maid, maid. Yeah, she was given tickets yeah. anyway. She could have just been a meter maid, just out on the or block harassing. To the insert some comedy, she could have been a repo man. Oh. <laughs> like she could have been somebody <laughs> towing cars and like, what you doing up there? Like, like something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this, it's very, it's a little uncomfortable the racial relations. And the third thing, I just rewatched that episode of Blackish where Andre <laughs> sees a little white girl in the elevator oh. and walks away from her. <laughs> Because, mm-mm. and then all the other black men in the office was like, be careful, man. I saw a little white girl white in girl here. In the- trying to get us. Ain't nobody going to catch us They're trying to set you up. <laughs> so for a black man to be hanging out with a little white girl. Yeah, um, all day. That's a setup. Without being uh, nervous about the optics. Yeah. Not very believable. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like no relation. Like, you know, her... Mm-hmm. The neighbor doesn't happen to be his white best friend, and he, you know, just has known the little girl her whole life. It's just he never even talked to this little girl before until today when she saw him scaling the building on Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, trying to get into his place. Yeah. Every black man I know, especially a black man of BTH's side, um, Brian Terry Henry, Mm -hmm. uh, of his size, of his stature. You're not friends. You can't just, you know. I can't say that. No, you don't know him. We family. Mr. Brian, if you're listening to this, I'm, I am so sorry for Alexis's behavior. Continue. We Henry's. You is a Henry. I am a Henry. We, we family. It's cool. We cousins. So okay, I'll let it go. I do that to Johnson's. I'll let it go. Go ahead. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Any black man I know, especially one of his size, mm-hmm. I've never even heard call a white child that they don't know, don't teach, or don't like, like yeah. call a white child by her name. Like, <laughs> it's always, you know, little, little ma'am, little miss, yeah. little girl. Hey, little girl. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that little girl over or there. Uh, her mama, not with her. I need to check up on that. I don't know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. If it's one thing a, a black man will do to a strange child is ask, where your mama at? Where your mama at? <laughs> <laughs> Never talking. Yeah. You don't even talk to the child directly. Because why? Well, look, she's not around here. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Find security. And tell him you lost it. <laughs> All right. Now, be safe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And don't mention me. Keep you me didn't see me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was that was one of my main issues with the movie is this post-racial neighborhood. And then the mm-hmm. cop thing comes around in the end. But. Like I said before, this seems to be a theme of this season uh, of the new Chitlin circuit. You you don't tell stories. You can't tell stories in a vacuum. It is informed by the world your audience lives in and the the media that your audience also consumes, like the vampire rules. Exactly. And when the cops show up in the movie, it means something to black people. Um, scary. I think death. Scary. <laughs> I'm <laughs> on edge now. I'm on, yeah, because wait a minute now. He don't got no shoes on. Y'all don't him the man up. I don't want to see mm-hmm. that. And at that, I did mm-hmm. pause it too. I'm like, because that all, in any movie, any TV show, and when it's like obviously clear the writer isn't a black person, it's like, pause. Let me like mentally yep. prepare myself for what's about to happen on screen. Because it's, it's going to be like, it's going to probably going to be gruesome it's going to be triggering and i don't really want to see it 
but I'm trying mm-hmm. to, you know, watch this movie or TV show. So then, you know, because we love prepare, them. right? Because we love them. <laughs> That's what we say. And then I have to click, click play again. Okay. Yeah. How is this going to end up? Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I think that was, sorry. I think it was Jordan Peele who <laughs> said, like, in a talk back about Get Out, <laughs> where at the end of the movie, the cops show up how it was a very intentional decision to like do that because and we saw it together right i just remember we went down to um chinatown theater in we dc down gallery yeah. yeah everybody said oh hell a collective sign because it was a theater for the black people yeah we said but Damn. white people would go oh thank god the police are gonna straighten <laughs> this out them. No. <laughs> it elicits different responses yeah. and so maybe white people watching this movie would have gone you know, would have just saw it as what it was, which was, mm-hmm. this is a lady doing her job and she's like politely asking because it is strange. Somebody's scaling the building. Um, yeah. but that's not what I saw. I no. saw something else, you know, because of my context of the world. Yeah. And that's why ladies and gentlemen, just going to get on my personal soapbox, have yes. black people in the room. Mm-hmm. Period. Listen to black people. Mm-hmm. Period. That's why it's important. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I, I want to talk about some of the characters he runs into that we get <laughs> introduced to in the neighborhood. So yeah. we talked about um, Andre, which is the white neighbor upstairs who is entertaining. <laughs> uh, his girlfriend and boyfriend. Entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to get his freak on. Uh, he done flew his uh, two partners from Sweden. From the uh, Swedish part. That's where Oslo is. Or is that in Norway? Girl, I don't know. Oslo. You Oslo. better at geography. I know it's Scandinavian. Mm-hmm. It's in Norway. My bad. They Norwegian. My bad. I've been calling them Swedish. Um, so he's up there trying to get his freak on him. And Charles keeps having to come in. He used the bathroom to get on the fire escape, stuff like that. Andre Being is decidedly an antagonist in this <laughs> yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then we run into the little white girl who mm-hmm. is living with, like with like a stage mom. Like her mom is just neurotic about the piano. She seems a little like like she seemed uh, like she was like also going through some kind of um addiction crisis too like i don't know yeah. she's an alcoholic or something and she also seemed a little mm-hmm. uh abusive as well because she seemed abusive to, definitely yeah even though to um elena that was a little girl's name so you know mm-hmm. it's a regular regular day where her mom was just being unhinged um charles mm-hmm. sees immediately something right in this house and this is also yeah. the apartment we find out like earlier in the movies like they're always upstairs arguing and stomping around yep. that's elena's uh mama upstairs yelling all day yep yeah and then my favorite neighbor we get introduced to a uh, older black woman named sarah mm-hmm. who is very nice to him um yeah. and we learn more about her late husband who apparently, you know, his shoe size was way too small for yeah. <laughs> Charles to borrow yeah, feet. his own shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he used to put so, his yeah. clothes in the dishwasher. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> A mess. So between all that, though, we're getting flashbacks and we meet Isha through these flashbacks. We see mm-hmm. when Charles and Isha, which is the ex-girlfriend, met yep. at a party. And I would say, you know... <laughs> If I was at the party, I would stroll up too. Because Isha was saying, hey there, boy. Like, <laughs> Hey there, boy. 
Mm-hmm. What'd you think of that when we first met Isha? Did she live up to the expectations you thought she would be or what? She did. I just wish that we would have seen more of her character uh, in the present day and not in the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. We literally just get that last little like three to five minute snippet of them together as like a, a ex-couple turned, you know, back together. And it was like, oh, you know, great for y'all. But like, I, I would have liked to see their dynamic play out more um, on screen mm-hmm. or even see her like roll up on the street and see him outside in his socks. Like, really? Is this what we're doing yeah. now? Like something like that would have been nice. But, um, you know, you never know where the movie's going to take you. That's another source of tension that I needed um, mm-hmm. in terms of like needing the because everything I just laid out, all the characters that we meet, all the apartments we visit and go to and like the places on the street we walk to with Charles um, with no shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All yep. these places, they are not building anything is the problem. The tension's not building. I was That's thinking fine. just basic setup, basic story setup is that mm-hmm. you have the pressing deadline, like it, yeah. give it a time of day, say it is due tonight at 6 PM. And then we keep seeing the clock throughout the movie and then say like that he is going to see Isha at some point or like, like bring that to be a more imminent. Um, right, right, right. Stressor so that those two things close in on each other and then the the stakes get higher. Yeah. You know what would have been good I, yeah. I, to, to raise some stakes, at least with him and Isha? Uh, she had to come back at some point anyway to uh, pick up the rest of her stuff and also get mm-hmm. her car. Um, he, throughout the movie, is also on Tinder trying to find a date or just find a new companion to talk to. Have him actually set up a date with one of these women he meets on Tinder, and he's waiting for her to show up at his place too tonight. And here, you know, but also Isha's coming, so he's trying to beat the clock. Yeah. But he locked outside. How you gonna or do something? That? Something, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. that was a problem in terms of structure that I really felt that we we didn't. This wasn't if it, it was supposed to be a one crazy day story, but it f- ended up feeling more like slice of life, and mm, yeah. that wasn't. Like that's not what is supposed to happen. <laughs> like, right, right, right. This isn't uh, every day in the life of Charles. This was a crazy day for him. This was not normal. Right. Um. Yeah. And I just wanted to see. I'll get to that later when we get to the end. But we saw mm-hmm. the flashback scene where they met at the party, and mm-hmm. it was charming. It was cute, and that's kind of all we get to learn about Isha really until That's she it. shows Ex- up much later. Yeah. Well, except that uh, she also cheated on him with uh, yes. a woman at her yoga studio, which uh, continues to come up with Charles, I guess, like in his jealousy and why that's the reason they broke up. Of course, also him not wanting to leave the apartment, but like it wasn't that I agree. It, it just wasn't enough for me to like, okay, she cheated. She moved out that seems pretty normal. Like that's what happens. Yeah. I broke up. She find a new place to live. But yeah, I I agree. Give me something more like really. That's the problem. Everything's on the surface, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. get at what is the like philosophy, like philosophical thing under it. He doesn't want to leave the house. That's a problem. That's a common problem in relationships is that somebody gets to the point where they don't take you out anymore. And mm, they don't they get the house, they're boring. Yeah. yeah, they get comfortable. It, that's a really common thing. Yeah, but yeah. that because it's common, it can't be a character's fabric. It mm-hmm. like that's not that's that that does not make a a good character. That's right. just one thing. Um, right. You have to let me know why. Like, is it that he's lost his confidence? 
Mm-hmm. Is it that does he have he, agoraphobia? Does like, he have agoraphobia? <laughs> um, is it like what is it? Is it yeah. that he like um is scared of something happening if they do mm-hmm. that? It, like what is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and we never got that. Like that's true. Just and just so happens he just he's an introvert and that's that's just who he is and that's that's the only explanation. Yeah. But it it isn't good enough. Yeah. And I want to talk about one particular scene, one scene in particular that to me was where I really was like, the movie is not, it didn't give me what I needed to enjoy this. I didn't, I felt like Mm. I was served a a plate of pretty, uh, more accurately, (laughs) I felt like I was served a bowl of pretty decent looking soup. Like the soup smells good. I can see there are chunks of potato, a little beef in there, but Nobody gave me a spoon. That's yeah. <laughs> what so it felt like. Yeah. I didn't have the tools I needed to enjoy it. I finally figured it out. This the plot for this movie would serve much better as a TV show episode. This is just mm. one day in Charles' yeah. life. This <laughs> this is just a sitcom episode. <laughs> introverted editor. <laughs> yeah, and this is what happens to him on this one day. He's locked out, and you know, and then the next episode we find out what happens. You know, days after months after this would have worked much better as an hour yeah maybe 30 minutes and then at the end of the season we get to see him change because he started having tension with his job too Mm -hmm. about like preemptively making people's memorials before they die like even if it were a tv show at the end of the season we could see him try and do do that a different way or Mm -hmm. like um really change the way we even do celebrity because celebrity memorials have been slideshows and um their slowest saddest song if they're a musician yeah (laughs) Yeah. since you know as long as i can remember um you're very that was very on the nose because after i finished this movie i turned on because I wanted some more resolve. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> I actually, I turned on the last epi- episode of High Fidelity with Zoe Kravitz. Ah, see? It yeah. felt similar to that. Yeah. And, except- I'm mad that I didn't get a second season. I wanted to see one of my sisters. She was it was nice. resolved. We didn't need any more of it. It would have just been like, the She's Gotta Have It second season. Unnecessary. Uh, weird. Awesome. Okay, good point. <laughs> good point. <laughs> That's, I think it was resolved. Especially, have you, you seen the movie High Fidelity? It. I've seen some of it with John Cusack. I've seen like bits and pieces of it. I've never sat down and watched it. Um, maybe yeah. one of these days I will. I watched it after I watched High Fidelity and then it made me appreciate them both very much. And then I rewatched mm. the show High Fidelity mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good tip. I watched the movie probably this weekend or something. I'll check it out. Yeah. yeah. So that's what, that's what it made me feel. I, I very much agree with that. It, felt like it would have been more suited to a TV show. Yeah. That's because the stakes are just not high enough to go yeah. on for 90 minutes about it. Exactly. Yeah. So here's where the problem culminates. Mm-hmm. Isha shows up and I thought the movie had been redeemed in my eyes for like 20 seconds. Yeah. Because she shows up. He's at the, they like the cops are here now saying like you fit the description of this guy breaking in. Right. Things, right. And his cop friend saves him very ugh. Whatever. Rah, rah, rah. Woo, woo, woo. Cop Whatever. saves the day. Protect yeah. the city. Protect the citizens. Protect and serve. Sure. Rada, rada. And as soon as, like, <laughs> that, as soon as that, like, uh, altercation between him and the uh, cops, uh, confrontation more, uh, resolves, Isha shows up. And after the sun is going down, like, you can see it's getting to be dusk. And 
she hands she says you know i'm here to give you your keys back and to me i thought that was so perfect because yeah that what it literally meant that like how does yes it literally meant that him letting go of her by getting the by getting his keys back from her is the only way for him to go on get back inside yeah back in his house continue his Mm -hmm. life it was it was perfect it was poetic to be honest and then they ruined it. <laughs> they, he, I mean, talking about, baby, I'm begging, baby, I'm begging, begging, begging. <laughs> yeah. So instead of taking his keys and then I actually feel like, because had he took the keys then, mm-hmm. then this movie would have been a story of a man moving on. Yes. But- he lets her up to, you know, she brought movers to get her stuff. And then he starts begging and pleading for her to stay with him because maybe, okay. And then I was like, okay, I can excuse this if they get back together because he did have that conversation with the Norwegians and maybe he learned. And also we, it gets hammered home that like, it was just a fucking kiss. Like, like she relax. just kissed the girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you contributed to it in some way. Cheating's wrong, but like, yes, yes. It, uh, the situation was conducive you to her being, cheating. Yeah, you being unavailable <laughs> and not wanting to hang out with her outside of the four walls of your apartment led her to do that. That was, yes, that and was that seems to be yes, <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the lesson that he learned from talking mm-hmm. with the Norwegians and even talking to Sarah uh, yeah. about her like very long marriage before her husband passed away. Um, so if after he begged her they got back together i was like okay i'm willing to accept this too because maybe his the growth that he made was like learning to be more flexible and forgiving and still uh-huh. moving on like moving on from the cheating and getting back yep. together but then we keep going <laughs> yeah. and yeah. he gets a call that the you know the actor he was making a montage for is fine he's recovered and then the actor he didn't expect to die has died so now he has to work on a new montage or like edit the old one for this newly dead actor um and isha agrees to get back with him he gets this phone call and then he says after committing to go out with her tonight Mm-hmm. He says, "Can you just stay a little while while I finish this?" So we're back on our bullshit. Back, back at square Five one. Five seconds after I take back you back, square nigga. one. So what did we learn? <laughs> what happened? What was any of this for? <laughs> I guess we learned. Um, he, you know, he got her sandwiches from the little bodega. He went to with the cop, and they sat on the roof that he was introduced to uh, by Elena, and they ate them sandwiches. The roof of his own building. I love his own building. <laughs> you eating takeout sandwiches on the roof. Of, you eating takeout sandwiches 30 feet from his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not any different. And so at the end of it, I was at the fucking credits roll. Could you believe <laughs> that the credits rolled? I thought at least we would have got like, you know, a, a, a three months later graphic across the screen or something to show us some change no. behavior. But yeah, we didn't. <laughs> like literally we could have been resolved if just what you said i didn't even think mm-hmm. of that before you said that three yeah. months later and they just go down look they, they take a couple of members of the crew and they go down and get a couple of shots of yep. charles and isha walking down coney island like the little <laughs> boardwalk <laughs> or something uh-huh. and so i can see that he's out going now he'd be out yeah no credits so i sit there and i go sit I, I i go actually this is you know i go lex <laughs> well what was the movie about 
if it wasn't about moving on, because he's still stuck on her, still loves her, I guess. Yeah. Um, I suppose he forgives her, but really, he, I, it, he, he forgives her, and he understands his contribution to the faults of their relationship. Yep. But he's still, in the end, quite literally, in the end, chose to sit at his desk doing work instead of going out, going out like, real with quick. Her. Yeah. So was it a story about community? <laughs> I think so. That's, what- that's, that's the only thing I could, I, I could pull from the end of it is him like becoming, you know, more like ingratiated with his community and neighbors. And that, you know, maybe that, maybe that will be, and you know, you, you know, you have to say, maybe it's like, uh, what happened in the story? Maybe, you know, that's the re- that's the catalyst for him also wanting to leave his apartment more because now he has outside friends. But you see how loose that is? I That's very loose. You know? And the reason that doesn't work is because there was no actual cause and effect or impact between mm-hmm. him and his neighbors. Yeah. None. He did not positively impact or contribute other than the sidewalk chalk lady. Yeah, and with Sarah, he set her up on a dating profile. She get back, oh, get that's back true. out there. Oh, I take that back. After her husband died, you know, that's it true. was Andre. And he, did... he really didn't do much for. Um, it's true. Little Elena, he got her out the house. Has somebody to talk to other than her crazy mama. Yeah, that's know. true. But see, if it was gonna be a story about community, I would have needed a little bit more something that gelled everybody together. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God! Was that cop point like? Was that supposed to be a Radio Raheem moment? <laughs> you think so? Because it was think? in Brooklyn. <laughs> I was I was thinking like we needed an event or something that the whole community was working toward, like a hmm. block party coming. Like a, up, it was like a neighborhood like, block party or something. Hmm. Yeah, or everybody complaining about one construction site at the end of the block that keeps yeah. doing like you know leaving trash or, or playing mm-hmm. music or you know something like that. Um, was that supposed to be it? That that was supposed to be the radio right here. That was moment? that was the rally. Yeah, we know him. He's our neighbor. He lives Which is here. So, clearly, the writers like not black because yeah. like okay, the, there's no critique on the fact that the police can just grab up a grab citizen, up a civilian, if they didn't think check his that ID. Whatever. Did I mean? Didn't do nothing. Didn't read him no they rights. They can just grab you up like that. I mean, but yeah. the the might of a white person saying. I know we him. know him. <laughs> Let that black man go. That's a good one. That's a good black. <laughs> anyway, let me get off of that. because It was, talk about yeah, that it was very much giving. This is my favorite African-American. <laughs> Look at my African-American. Look, <laughs> Look at him. Let him go. Yeah, yeah. And because of that, this movie, they didn't decide what they wanted the movie to actually be about. So it ended up being about too much and nothing. Mm. Yeah. And I and I would say the only thing that really, I guess, still at this point is tying me over that I like the movie is because of Brian Tyree Henry. I just think he's a really great actor. So like I He did great. Yeah. I especially, especially in the movie he's starring in, I am hesitant to say, you know, eh, whatever. But I think he, you know, you deserve your accolades, uh, Mr. Henry. So shout out to you. Speaking of accolades. Hmm. We have one that we mm-hmm. like to give out here on this show. Yes. And with that segue, I'm going to ask you a question, Sydney. Yeah. Who came to act? Thank you. Um, this is truly my favorite segment each and every week. I know y'all think I get a kick out of my cold open. Sometimes I do. 
Um, <laughs> other times it's such a chore. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but this is never a chore. This is exciting. Uh, every single week we nominate someone for the Who Came to Act Award at the end of season two. All of those nominees I review and crown one Who Came to Act winner. So for this week's Who Came to Act Award nominee, I think it's obvious. It's very clear. Uh, we have given this person lots of praise already, um, but there's never enough. I want to keep giving you your flowers. Uh, so Mr. Brian Tyree Henry, you are this week's nominee for the Who Came to Act Award. I know that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. not here uh, with us in the studio today, so I will accept that on his You're going to accept it for the family's behalf? Yeah, for the you? family. I am the okay. Henry rep- representative for the day. Nice. Um, you know. We do good. Long line. Long line of greatness. Um, yeah, lots of hammers. You know, Brian Tyree, Alexis, uh, John. John, if you've heard of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't think so, he was going to yeah. take it to the folklore. You related to John Henry? Yeah. Wow, he yeah. did all them railroads. Good look at you. Yeah. Henry's, every Henry I ever, I actually know, most Henry's <laughs> that I meet. I think my generation of Henry's is generally small. Most of the people mm-hmm. my age with the last name Henry mm-hmm. um, are a little frail. I think the last generation of Henry's um, mm-hmm. watered down. <laughs> wow. Um, Something in the water. Because every older Henry I know, every Henry. Oh, you know what it is? Um, when you got your first perm. All right. Every <laughs> older Henry I know is very big and strong. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. I was very young. That's why. That's, that's, that's why. You think it was the chemicals? It's the, it's that lie. That's that's what it is. It's the lie. If, if you give it to that baby too young, that's what's going to do to them. That yeah. baby. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get the fuck out of here. Cause you... <laughs> All right. We All right, appreciate y'all. y'all once again. And, you know, shout out to the, the whole crew on this film. Because it was enjoyable to watch. I just had some nitpicks about the story. It, it frankly was pretty decent and I liked um mm-hmm. I love the aesthetic of it. Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Great gowns. All right, y'all. Peace. Thanks for listening. To join in on the conversation, meet us in the Twitter streets at TNCC Pod or over on Instagram at New Chitlin Circuit. Spelled C H I T L I N. And to keep up with our latest, visit our website at the New Chitlin Circuit.com. Oh.